Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Friday, April seventeenth. I think. Yes, it is. I. It, is it? <laughs> it is Friday, <laughs> April seventeenth. <clears throat> it is also um, a pajama day for school students today, at least for my son's school. Um, but that so that was just for school kids. Well, I'm Oops. just pointing Oops. out that maybe or maybe not that the whole family might be observing pajama day today. <laughs> um, we're also going to take a look at uh, the April issue of the Lutheran Witness today. Looking forward to that. And uh, you have some tips lined up for us for staying fit while we're, we're uh, social distancing. Is that right? Is that what we're going to look at in the second half? That is absolutely what we're going to talk about in the second half, because I think all of us that need that, move. including me. <laughs> need to move more. I know. I was doing great until they closed all the parks, and then, wow, that just changed yeah, everything. It got so, rough. So uh, we'll get some great tips on that in the second half. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin. Thank you so much for supporting the Coffee Hour. And uh, you can find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining us this morning, the Reverend Roy Askins, Managing Editor of The Lutheran Witness. Good morning, Pastor Askins. Good morning. How are you all today? Doing well. Good. And uh, you, sir, it sounds like you're, you're joining us from, uh, from the, um, is this the Deployed Lutheran Witness uh, uh, <laughs> office? Yes, the Deployed Lutheran Witness office in my uh, uh, dining room in, uh, out here in Illinois. <laughs> Well, very good. Glad to have you with us this morning. You're you're kind of used to this working from home thing, right? Having served as a as a missionary, you probably spent quite a bit of time um, balancing things between home and 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 uh, all your work uh, serving the church as well. So this probably isn't too new to you, huh? No, it's it's not too new at all. In fact, we actually um, homeschooled our kids. Uh, the, in fact, the first time they ever went to school was this January, and they were in school for about two months, and now they're back to homeschooling again. So it's actually worked out all right with us. We were kind of used to going the, the back and forth of, of homeschooling and then working from home because that's what we did uh, on the field. So we're working it out. It's not too much of a problem, so can't really complain. Well, we have the, the April issue should be in our homes by now of the uh, the Lutheran Witness. So we got a chance to study with Pastor Odom earlier this month, uh, taking a look at the searching the scriptures. But what's the theme of the, the issue, the April issue of the Lutheran Witness? So the theme revolves around the resurrection. And we're actually kind of drawing the, the both the title and the theme from 1 Corinthians 15, uh, where St. Paul is writing to the Corinthians and he, he writes uh, talking about the resurrection of Jesus. And I'm going to read just a few verses here. Now, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection from the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. And that's the point. We're talking about the resurrection and looking at uh, what, why is the resurrection important? How do we defend or explain the resurrection with those who might have objections to the resurrection uh, of Christ? Uh, it's all kind of revolves around Christ rising from the dead. 
and and what that means for us and our life together as the people of God. We didn't actually plan this in light of the uh, COVID-19 stuff that's going on, but the fact of the matter is, I think this is a great issue to be landing right. This is our hope, right? And all of these things, the reason why we are not afraid and don't need to be afraid is because Christ has been raised, and he gives that resurrection to us too, right? For those of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus, who cling to him uh, by faith, uh, our hope is this that he went through will also be our resurrection day when he raised the dead to be with him forever. So, uh, I, you know, even though we didn't plan it this way, I think it worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely did. Uh, to have this this joyous issue full of full of hope for us uh, in the midst of well, at least today is a very gloomy day too. Uh, in the midst of <laughs> of all of this uh, kind of terrible news that we are are inundated mm-hmm. by every day. Uh, and Indeed. this is something. I mean, we hear about the resurrection of Christ all the time. It's in so much of our of our teaching and our singing, and especially now during this Easter season. What are some of the uh, the new, new, new maybe things, um, or or different ways of looking at Christ's resurrection that readers will be able to uh, read and read and learn about in this issue. Sure. So we have a um, a handful of of great articles uh, in this issue. Uh, we start off with uh, Dr. Gregory Lockwood talking about First Corinthians fifteen. Dr. Lockwood actually wrote the uh, Concordia commentary on Corinthians. And uh, he had a great little article called St. Paul's Finest Pearl, where he really dives into 1 Corinthians 15 and what this means for our lives as the children of God. How do we think about the resurrection of Jesus Christologically? I also want to say our designers did an excellent job laying out this article, and there's a beautiful icon in there of the resurrection of Jesus. And if you look at this, I, I didn't actually know all the details here. But somebody asked a question about who was who. And if you look at it and you dig up, uh, dig in the, the, to what this image is about, you see Jesus pulling Adam and Eve out of the grave in this picture, in this icon, where he's got Eve on, or Eve on one side, Adam on the other. He's got them by the wrists, and he's pulling them out of the grave in his own resurrection. Absolutely wonderful. Just love that image. Uh, very well done by our designers there. Um, but you're also going to hear then a focus on kind of the apologetics in this issue of the apologetics of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so uh, Dr. Kirk Clayton spends a little bit of time running through how do the scriptures defend uh, the resurrection. In other words, uh, we look at Acts, we look at, he looks at some uh, other passages and teachings of St. Paul that talks about the defense of the resurrection and how the scriptures themselves demonstrate that Christ in fact rose from the dead. And then we move on from there into a series of articles where um, Dr. Adam Francisco goes through and takes five common objections to the resurrection. In other words, well, maybe Jesus really didn't, in fact, die. Maybe he just swooned on the cross and then in the tomb he woke up or, you know, these kind of objections that people have and then gives tools to our readers uh, to explain and answer these objections that people might have uh, from the resurrection, uh, why the resurrection actually did, in fact, happen. There, I was from, looking through that article, and there mm-hmm. are a lot of different theories that some yeah. of them, I, I mean, some of them I had never really given much consideration to. Those are just random all over the place. But <laughs> I guess some of them are, 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 as I think you pointed out in the article, some of them come from like documentaries and things like that, that, mm-hmm. that uh, just popular opinion, not necessarily anything based on actual scripture or truth. Right. Right. And I mean, and, and you see this, I mean, like so one of the uh, 
one of the theories is that the disciples, you know, just took the body and, and then lied to everybody. Well, if you look at the, as Dr. Francisco goes through, the, the actual historical evidence, both from the scriptures and from the historical evidence of the time, makes it clear that this is just, uh, it's, it's not really a possibility that it actually happened that way. So uh, he does, Dr. Francisco does a great job of working through these five false theories uh, of the resurrection and demonstrating why, in fact, Christ did rise from the dead. And what this means for us uh, in our in our life of faith. Hmm. Um, moving on from there, Doctor uh, Sean Denzer, the chaplain, also gave us a great article on hymns of resurrection, and he talks through some a number of different hymns. I know this probably warms Sarah's heart here, uh, and the, the <laughs> yes, hymns that he discussed there. <laughs> and then uh, Doctor Bombaro Mickery uh, gave some advice on how to have conversations about uh, apologetic type conversations about the resurrection that can often be rather heated sometimes, uh, how to have these conversations in love and in a way that that uh, points people to the hope we have in Jesus Christ, uh, as opposed to scoring theological or uh, philosophical points, which apologetics can sometimes devolve into. And for our listeners who may not know Dr. Bombaro very much, he has served in a variety of places and really has served in places um, with great diversity. He, he, he mm-hmm. served in California for a while, then um, also served as a chaplain in the military, now serves as a missionary. So he served in a variety of places. So really understanding where he's come from, I think, also adds some great credibility to what he's sharing in this article as well. Just a, a yeah. super sharp guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right I, now he's in Riga, Latvia, I think, right? Mm-hmm. I believe so, yeah. 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 And, and I I know that Sarah's probably dying to, to talk more about hymns, uh, so I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, let, I'll hand it back over to Sarah to, to ask more about the hymns article if you want. <laughs> oh, well, what, I mean, we'll, we get a, a special episode next week to really dig into hymnody. However, uh, what are some of the things that we can learn from maybe some not so well-known Easter hymns through this article? I, when I, when I read through it, there were some that, um, I don't always go to necessarily, but then that Chaplain Denzer points out are, are really good ones to sing about. Sure. Um, this this article was was fantastic. He he did it uh, rather last minute for us. It was really great to have him do this. Um, in fact, uh, Sarah, you're going to like. I have. We actually have. Uh, this is a preview for next May's issue. We have oh another whole article dedicated to hymns, but wedding hymns and wedding hymns you wouldn't expect. So Dr. Yes. Uh, Bender got on and gave us like six wonderful wedding hymns and explains why they're wedding hymns, even though you would not think of them as wedding hymns. So. Uh, you have that to look forward to next next month too. I'm curious. Uh, but, uh, Doctor uh, Pastor Dinzer did a great job with these uh, these hymns, these resurrection hymns. Awake my heart with gladness. We've had this one in in our home. My little uh, um, three year old calls it "Awake my heartness," uh, and we sing this this uh, this hymn uh, talking about uh, the resurrection and Christ's resurrection. Uh, Mary Magdalene seeing the Lord and and Doctor or Pastor Dinzer. I keep calling him Doctor Dinzer. Pastor Dinzer does an excellent job. <laughs> <laughs> of walking through this these hymns and explaining uh, the resurrection themes in these hymns. Now, I'm really curious when you were talking about the the lineup of wedding hymns. I've always wondered: mm-hmm. would "Stricken, Smitten, and Afflicted" be a good wedding hymn? <laughs> no, it's not that in the did lineup. Did not make the list. <laughs> okay, just curious. <laughs> it didn't make the list. I don't know why. <laughs> 
That was really no, bad. No, he, he actually did. <laughs> the other thing he did, it's, uh, the, uh, he went through and he also gives uh, hymns for the season too. So mm-hmm. not only do you get a list of just great hymns that you would consider for weddings, but then a list of, you know, if you're in the Easter or Christmas season, here's a hymn that would fit uh, for a wedding also and why. I mean, it was just a great article, one of the best articles in the May issue. So, And then there's, in, in I think it's in every issue now, is this just short, sweet, little good word at the end the the benediction at yes. the end of the issue um who who's the author for the benediction this month so our author this month is mary murby a close friend of mine um i actually uh, went to seminary with her husband and uh, just a lady and a great writer story of uh, when their twins were born the issues that that came all uh, was wrapped together with their understanding of the resurrection and Christ's work of healing the world uh, in the light of all of these difficulties and how the Lord provided for them. So it's just a great little article by Mary Murby, the benediction, the good word to wrap things up for this issue. There's a there's a resources page that you threw in there too. Is is that a new thing for this art edition? It was a new thing for this edition. I'm trying to get this uh, into more issues. We'll see if this uh, this happens. But I think it was particularly helpful for the uh, April issue because there was such an emphasis on apologetics. The fact of the matter is, there's a lot of resources out there on apologetics, and some of them are not the greatest. So the uh, I I was kind of proud of my title. Warning: More resources. There's <laughs> there's a lot out there, and there's a lot of bad stuff about apologetics out there too. Um, thankfully, CPH has produced a number of great resources. We were able to highlight a bunch of these resources. One of those, of course, being um, uh, Dr. Lockwood's commentary, which uh, you know people think of commentaries as these dry, dusty texts. That's not the case with this commentary. You can read it almost devotionally. Great little book. Uh, but then a, a couple of other books, handful of other books, also published by CPH that are really great for apologetics, but keep us focused on Christ instead of, as I mentioned earlier, scoring theological or philosophical points. It's a great resource. Very good. And uh, that's the April issue of The Lutheran Witness. A uh, little hint at the theme coming up in May. <laughs> little hint at the theme coming up in May is uh, we, we were originally focused exclusively on uh, on weddings. Uh, and then COVID-19 came along. So now we are doing things in sickness and in health and uh, hmm. getting kind of both of those themes together of weddings and responding to uh, crises. So. Very good. The Reverend Roy Askins, Managing Editor of The Lutheran Witness. Uh, where can we find The Lutheran Witness, especially uh, right now? It's probably a great, great resource to have at home uh, to read while you're at home. Sure. Uh, so you can find it at cph.org slash witness. You can find it there. You can also get uh, some of our extra articles online at witness.lcms.org. Very good. The Reverend Roy Askins, Managing Editor of Lutheran Witness. Thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. <laughs>